Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Spacefoot Messier. My name is Tony. My name is Flo. And for the sake of vulnerability, I'm going to tell you guys a secret. We just recorded this entire episode and my mic was off the whole time. This is run number two, but it's going to be the better run. (laughs) Yeah, we know exactly what we're saying and we are uh, really hyped. So happy day. And Flo also just pulled out her back. I I know we're trying to recap what we said the first time. I had a severe muscle spasm at work yesterday. It was super embarrassing. <laughs> I was bawling on the floor like a baby while a trainer gave me a sports massage. Um, but I'm here and I am ready to party. That's true. And we're going to be doing a lot of traveling today, so I hope your back is up for it. We live on Earth, <laughs> but the topic today is other habitable worlds in our solar system and in our universe? No. Yeah. In our, yeah, in yeah. our galaxy. Uh, thank you to Kathan Evans for asking for this episode and promoting this topic. We'll, of course, do it. We're doing it today. And because he's a Patreon member, he can request topics like that. So remember, um, if you'd like to request topics or support us in any way, you can get on patreon.com slash And today, we'd like to give a shout out to three new Patreon subscribers. Well, we'll just call them. Okay, so we have, Car- we have Carson Spicer, who is a Patreon subscriber. He's a monthly um, giver, subscriber. If you can, okay, if you can think, anyone who's listening, of like a cool name for a space but messier partner or donor, I would really appreciate it. Like a part of the space nation. <laughs> you know? But if you can think of something cool, please let us know. Rather than just saying donors. But basically, Carson Spicer is now a monthly Patreon supporter. Thank, Thank you so much, Carson. And I was at a family party. What was this? It was my uncle's 60th birthday party. And my uncle Pete came up to me and said, "Hey, so what? Do you, I heard you're doing something about space." And I was like, "Well, yeah, no, we're we're teaching people about space on." And due to his age, I just said, "You know, the radio," because he didn't know what a podcast was. And so he he said, "Oh, well, how can I support?" And I was like, "Oh, well, you know, you can. You, we do like a dollar a month. That's all I really ask for is a dollar a month because it's forgettable. People do that." And he mm-hmm. goes, "Well, I'm not getting on the computer, so here's a twenty. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. We got twenty, 20 months. Twenty months. And then uh, my auntie Barbara." At my baby shower, instead of giving my wife a gift for my baby, she gave me a check for Spacebook Mess here. Which is also for your baby. No, this <laughs> is, unless this is my baby. No, but the, the success that you have here is for your sweet baby girl. Yeah, but we don't even do this for the money. I don't even want, this isn't going to be I know, but income. then she'll be able to hear her dad's sweet, silky voice. If everyone can just continue to contribute so that my daughter can one day hear my voice. (laughs) Can one day hear my voice. Because next month she won't unless she listens to the podcast. (laughs) So thank you everyone on Patreon. Uh, We love you and we can't do this without you. But let's dive into the news. Mm -hmm. So helicopters on Mars. You heard me right. NASA is sending a helicopter to Mars. Not a full-blown military chopper, but a cute little (laughs) four-pound softball-sized helicopter to test scientific and technical capabilities for future missions. It's scheduled to join the Mars 2020 rover on its journey to the Red Planet and will travel under its belly pan. Space.com reported that the helicopter will attempt up to five flights, going farther and operating for longer each time, up to a few hundred meters for 90 seconds, officials said. It will also climb to 10 feet, which is 3 meters, and hover for about 30 seconds. 
The Mars helicopter is considered a high-risk, high-reward project, according to NASA. If the helicopter fails, it won't affect the rest of the Mars 2020's mission, but if it succeeds, the agency will have a new, powerful tool to survey the planet and access currently unreachable locations. So this is insane because, yes, we have satellites orbiting Mars, but we also have rovers there. And we've said this before, but the average speed of the rovers, because we have that, like, 20-minute time delay, or at the very least 20 minutes, the average speed equals out to less of that of a snail of all the ground we've covered. That's insane. So if we can get a helicopter there, that would be awesome. Moving on to the unofficial SpaceX podcast. If somebody could create that. Uh, you can make us a little segue tune. That'd be awesome. A little ditty. That would be great. A little ditty. A pee ditty. This week, SpaceX launched the newest version of its Falcon 9 rocket, the Block 5 version, one that meets NASA's requirements for launching humans into space. They had a successful landing on an offshore platform, and they can reuse this rocket for up to 100 times more. That is crazy. So SpaceX is one step closer to sending humans into Mars. Mm -hmm. A human could have been on that rocket and safely. come down safely. Yeah. That's that's our ticket flow. We're going. We're going. Okay. Let's I'll, I'll pack buy your bag. It. Pack your bags. Let's go. Speaking of packing your bags, get McFreakin' ready because it's time <laughs> for Habitable Worlds. So, Kathan, you asked for it. Here it is. So when we say a planet or environment is habitable, what does that really mean? If we're talking about planets, it usually means that water can exist on the planet's surface. However, humans live in space, uh, in orbit around the Earth, and in the South Pole where liquid water doesn't exist. So what does that mean for habitability? Does this mean, this means that the planets or moons that we're going to talk about may still be candidates, even though they sound absolutely dreadful, but because of human ingenuity and technology, we may actually be able to survive there. And we can do this because there's something around every star called the habitable zone. And basically, it's the stretch of space where planets can be in order to harbor life. Mm -hmm. So the two requirements for a habitable planet to be created um, are that the star, there has to be a star. So the star has to live long enough for its planets to develop life and to create a habitable zone. So NASA.gov says the habitable zone is the distance from a star where one can have liquid water on the surface of its planet. If a planet is too close to its parent star, it will be too hot and water would have evaporated. If a planet is too far from a star, it's too cold and the water is frozen. Stars come in a wide variety of sizes, masses, and temperatures. Stars that are smaller and cooler and lower mass than the sun have their habitable zone much closer to the star than the sun. Stars that are larger, hotter, and more massive than the sun have their habitable zone much farther out from the star. So that being said, that's pretty much based on distance and if water can exist there. But new research into the habitability of exoplanets is taking into consideration factors such as the regulation of carbon dioxide in their atmospheres, making the habitable zone in some systems much, much larger and further out than expected. But how do we know that other habitable exoplanets are out there? We do this using Kepler. Now, Kepler is a spacecraft in orbit around Earth, similar to the Hubble Space Telescope, that searches our portion of the Milky Way and collects light from distant stars in hopes to detect planets in other systems. Most frequently, it does this by using the transit method or the radial velocity method. 
Now, remember a couple episodes ago where we were talking about binary stars, and when we would collect the light from binary stars, it would shift from the blue end of the spectrum to the red end of the spectrum. We would call that blue shifted or red shifted. That means that those stars are moving back and forth, meaning they're in orbit around something. So another possibility, instead of being a binary star, is that it can harbor a planet or many planets. Because just like planets and stars orbit around not the star, but a central point of gravity, our solar system does that too. So if you were, if our universe were a fixed plane and you viewed our solar system from a bird's eye view, you would see that our sun wobbles, like we said before. Um, so this wobble of a star would actually cause us to see blue shifted and red shifted light, thus suggesting that there may be planets orbiting it. Mm-hmm. And then backtracking a little bit more about the transit method. So if a planet of a distant star passed in front of it while orbiting, the light we collect may decrease by one ten thousandth, which is still large enough of a change to detect. This dip in light can last anywhere between 2 and 16 hours. Using this method, we've found extreme evidence for large quantities of three types of exoplanets, gas giants, super hot earths, and ice giants. The hard part now, though, is finding terrestrial planets, so those one-half to twice the size of Earth, especially those in the habitable zone of their stars. So how many of these have we actually found? I know many of you might be thinking, oh, I'm sure that NASA's found a couple. No, they've found thousands. Okay, so currently there are 4,496 currently being assessed and considered as confirmed exoplanets. Now, out of the confirmed ones, we've actually found for sure 3,725 planets outside of our solar system orbiting other stars. And those that are actually similar size to Earth, we found 53. Mm-hmm. Out of 3,700, only 53 of those are like Earth. Which sounds small. But um, that's, yeah, that's, but that's still a good amount of planet options. And so that's outside of our solar system. But what about right here within our own solar system? We always hear that people think that there's life on Mars or that we can live in the oceans of Enceladus or Titan. But what do we really mean and what are we really searching for? Well, there are four worlds that are most discussed when speaking of life in our solar system. And that's one, Europa, two, Enceladus, three, Titan, and four, Mars. So if you missed our episode on Europa, Check it out. Go back. We've got everything you need to know, including all the details for the planet and the current mission that's going there called the Europa Clipper, uh, and that'll visit that moon in the near future. But let's dive into the other three. So first things first, Titan. It's known as the cloudy moon of Saturn, and it is considered a possible destination for humans simply because it's one of the least hostile places for humans in our solar system. It has lakes, rivers, streams, hills, and valleys, but you won't find water necessarily. You'll find lakes of methane. Scientists even believe that where life on Earth is water-based, we may find entirely new methane-based life there on Titan. So when we choose these planets, we're basically choosing the lesser of four evils, would you say? E- I mean, because none yeah. of them are really awesome. Out of these four options, yes. yes. But then our fifth option, the secret one, is like really good. It is really good. But this one's the least, the least uncomfortable. <laughs> this just in, there's also a habitable world in our solar system called Earth. Take care of it. Okay, so <laughs> I will say that a huge uh, downfall of Titan is, that, uh, is its temperature. Its average surface temperature is minus 290 degrees Fahrenheit. That's minus 179 Celsius. Which, if you need any, like, point 
um, of reference for that. Yeah, sure. I personally <laughs> have been in extreme weather myself. I <laughs> I have been in negative 11 degrees Fahrenheit. Watch out, everyone. I know. She's clearly, I'm from California. I was in Chicago, and I actually thought my eyeballs were going to freeze over, so I ran back into the hotel that I was staying at, and yeah. I took an Uber. Did you take an Uber, or was that the day that you participated in the hot dog eating contest? That was a different day. That was the day that I took an Uber to a Chinese restaurant and had some egg drop soup because I thought I was dying. I had to say that I walked outside the other day and it was 80 degrees and I felt... Needed a light jacket? Absolutely unbelievable. (laughs) I did need a light jacket on April 25th. That was the perfect date. (laughs) So back to Titan. Sorry about that. Um, The rest of it sounds pretty awesome, I will say, other than the temperature. So its atmosphere is only 1.5 that of Earth, so your suit would not need to be pressurized. Uh, You could wear those super slick spacesuits, except you'll be freezing. Um, And Titan is what we call tidally locked, which means that the same side faces Saturn at all times, which then means that on the right spot of the moon, you have a constant view of the most beautiful planet in our solar system. Although... Ariana Grande may disagree. I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw on her social media this week, I think on Instagram and Twitter, I don't she her. was going crazy about Jupiter. Crazy in a good way. We love Ariana Grande. Yeah. But she was she couldn't get over how beautiful Jupiter was. And of course, we agree. The new images coming from the Juno spacecraft about Jupiter are unbelievably beautiful. But Saturn is so... Man, to have a view of those rings at all times... Mm. You should message her and tell her that. I Invite her onto the show and convince her, which is the more beautiful planet. Flo, I already have. Um, <laughs> you did not yes, invite her on the show. I did. When what? I saw her posts, I PM'd her and was like, hey, uh, you should come on the show. No, you didn't. Just text me next time you're in LA. Yeah. No, you didn't. She's a real person. I know she's a real person. Do she you guys want to hear from Ariana Grande? <laughs> Can't you hear their applause? Yeah. Yeah. Ariana. Okay, comment on um, whenever we post the promo for this episode, please tag Ariana Grande do on it. Our Instagram. Please do. Get her attention, and we will get Ariana Grande on this show for you. We are few, but we are we are mighty. We are mighty. We're so freaking strong. Speaking of strong, there's a strong chance that we could survive on Enceladus. There is. <laughs> so Enceladus is the second one. It's known as the icy moon of Saturn. Enceladus has growing evidence for life. Yes, alien life. Uh, However, it may not be exactly what you think. So just like Europa, Enceladus is completely frozen over, but plumes of hydrogen observed and sampled from the Cassini spacecraft suggest that Enceladus harbors a subsurface ocean complete with hydrothermal vents on its ocean floor, just like Earth. In fact, four of the six most necessary elements for life on Earth have also been spotted on Enceladus. So carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, and oxygen have been found there, and phosphorus and sulfur have not. That being said, um, the kind of life that they expect there to be is bacteria. Yeah, uh, not It's the kind of bacteria life. that feeds on these hydrogen vents that are down at the bottom of the floors. But in regards to habitability, it would be an extremely poor place for humans to live and to thrive today. But maybe in the future, we can find a way to make use of these elements for our survival. Okay, guys, at this point in the episode, I really wish, gosh, we kind of messed up. It didn't hit the button. But Tony flipped out and started oh, yes. screaming. Oh, I get to tell you, though, again. Tell them about... Guys, okay, it's a good thing that this didn't survival. make it because I screamed into the it mic. It was very loud. Um, I don't want to make you feel like you're missing out. You're really not. It was unpleasant. 
guess what? There's an app that I told you about several weeks ago called Space Nation where you get to train to be an astronaut. Do you remember? Yay, nay. Yes, Put your foot I on do. the brake pedal if you remember. Close your eyes if you remember. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, this company called Space Nation created an app on Android that allows you to train to be an astronaut. Then after a unspecified amount of time, the top 200 candidates on this app will be taken to a boot camp where they can train like an astronaut, and then the top 12 will be taken into an official, more intensive boot camp, and the top candidate will go into space. So basically what we're telling you is that Tony is going to go to space in a couple weeks. Basically what I'm telling you (laughs) is that they finally released the Apple, the iOS version of this app. So if you have a... Apple, what am I now saying? Now if you have any phone, no, get iPhone. the app. Yeah. Yes, get the iPhone app. iPhone or Android. And challenge Tony yes. and race him to the, the stars. Guys, I can't believe I'm doing this because I don't want extra competition, but friggin' bring it on. I'm currently <laughs> ranked 25 of on the all-time leaderboard. Out of 25, you guys. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's killing it. <laughs> it's, there's got to be, I know there's at least 100 people on this app, but there's got to be way more, right? Yeah. There's all four of our listeners that are going to be on it. <laughs> all four. Guys, we have way more than four listeners. Just we kidding. Like 7,000. We actually have like 60 listeners in the UK. In the UK alone? Yeah. That makes sense because the two lovely emails that we have gotten from listeners has been from people in the UK. We love you all. We love you guys a lot. Mostly very sweet. But yes, come at me. Uh, it's actually really, really fun. So basically, every single day you get to do a different challenge uh, or different challenges. Um, and some of them are quizzes. So you can be quizzed on the systems of the International Space Station, uh, the science of space. You're tested in Russian. You're tested in cultural understanding, navigation, motivation, space physics, survival skills, dangers of space flight, habitability, exploration, science research, and physical fitness. This one is by far my favorite. <laughs> when you accept the challenge, it'll literally just pop up and say, hurry, run 200 meters in any direction as fast as you can because an asteroid is coming for Earth. And you, it's basically asking you to do sprints. Um, <laughs> but the other day, it asked me to, um, to run two and a half miles or walk, run or walk. It was day one. Oh, yeah. I would have walked it. A nice, a nice little power walk. I, I actually, okay, here's the truth time, everyone. Here we go. Um, so I enjoy going to a certain gym. That's very fun and empowering. Go gyms. And I said, okay, well, I've got, I've got 30 minutes till my class starts at the gym. And so I sat down. And I was like, man, I, I know I have some ice cream in the fridge. <laughs> so I got some ice cream out and I put on the office and I think I blacked out. What? Because all of a sudden I looked down and half of the entire carton of ice cream was gone and it was 557. <laughs> And my class started at six. And so I just sat there. You went into a sugar coma. I had to, I literally blacked out. Like, I have no idea. You were just extremely tired and fell asleep probably while you were eating your ice cream but and But I, I ate half a carton. That's incredible. So then Space Nation alerted me saying that it was time for my physical activity for the day. Yeah, okay. So I went on a two and a half mile walk and found a lovely park in my neighborhood. Aww. That's so, so embarrassing. That's where I will take my sweet, sweet Jordana on a, in her stroller. Just kidding. That's not going to be the name of my baby, but that's a shout out to my friend Jordy, who really wants the baby's name to be Jordana. <laughs> he doesn't listen. That's just, a, that's just for fun. Anyway, the Space Nation app is so fun. Wait, did we tell them what it was? Did we describe it a little bit better? We did. 
Okay, I blacked out then. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, where do your ice cream go, Flo? <laughs> so if you do this, then you will have a chance to visit our last planet, which is Mars. Mars, y'all. So we've been talking about all these other random places, but the one that we talk about the most for humans and habitability is Mars. So Mars sits right on the boundary of our habitable zone, and we know that water exists on its surface for at least a short while, and we suspect that it used to four billion years ago, but what about now? Short answer, absolutely. (laughs) Mars is the most welcoming to humans for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, it has frozen water on its poles, and on Mars, scientists believe that we can sustain a habitat, research facility, and eventually a garden. I just want to say one thing. <laughs> Flo knew that coming into this episode that she she knew that scientists believe that we can sustain a habitat <laughs> and she knew that we could sustain a research facility and even a garden. So she knew she wanted to say this. it. We recorded three, four takes of her saying <laughs> research f- fertility. And that got into a really non-family friendly discussion of natural family planning. But not not family friendly because it was like vulgar or anything. No, just there were just terms that children parents maybe don't want their children hearing. No, you make it sound like we were saying crazy stuff. We literally were talking about natural natural family planning, if you don't know, is a method of planning pregnancy or um, avoiding pregnancy. In a completely natural way, just looking at the woman's fertility markers. And it's like crazy and beautiful and really awesome that our bodies can do that. You don't have to put any of those crazy chemicals in your body. You don't have to use condoms. And it works. Yeah. So. Like 99% effective when done correctly. This episode has been funded by the National NFP Society. (laughs) No, it's awesome. If you've never heard of NFP before, please check it out. Yeah, if you don't like putting bad things in your body and you want to control when you have kids, then look up NFP. Yeah, it's the best way to do it. Yeah. So speaking of... Natural fertility. Natural fertility. (laughs) um, So Mars, where were we? I guess Mars is, it's super cold, right? So I want to say that Flo says that it's the most welcoming. It's still not welcoming. Okay, so it's, it's crazy cold. The radiation alone would kill us just so quickly because there's no magnetic field. Um... But we're currently working on creating sustainable habitat and methods to fight against these perils. For example, scientists actually in the Netherlands have created these synthetic leaves made of silicon rubber, which take in sunlight and convert it to enough power to fuel the necessary chemical reactions to make medicine. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like fake photosynthesis. It's faux photosynthesis. Oh. I literally did not know that that was going to be possible. Yeah. They look like little Halloween decorations, these little red leaves. Oh, why are they red? I don't know. (gasps) (laughs) Why aren't they green? I forgot. So once we master the process of converting naturally occurring Martian resources for ourselves, then we will have complete dominion. (laughs) Sorry. We will have a working and sustainable outpost in our lifetime. Insane. So once I finish the Space Station mm-hmm. app and I... And you own I'll probably space. end in like... I think I'll end in like 36th overall. I think that's if where If you're I'll not land. in the top five, then I'm leaving. You hear that, everyone. <laughs> if I'm not in the top five, Flo will no longer be joining us for this podcast. I Actually, mean, I'm leaving this planet. I think I she's be. taking the podcast with her, so <laughs> I will not be. I'm kicking you out. I will You've be been shunned. voted off the island. The tribe has spoken. <laughs> wow. I do 
I don't know. I just believe in you. And what's the point of dreaming if you're not going to dream big? That's what I'm saying. So say that you're going to be number one, Tony. Say it. <laughs> say it right now. You know what? Here we go. Say that you're going to be number one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Don't, don't tempt me. I'm going to do it. He's <clears> looking <throat> at his phone. He's looking at his phone. I don't know what he's doing. He's tapping things. Do I? He's tapping things. He's still tapping things. Okay. You can listen here. Ivan Garcia, Jenny Cedarloff. Oh, he's calling out names. Daniel Rotko, Ravi Sharma, and Alexis Alex. Oh, Alexis. I will destroy you. <laughs> I was threatened by a man on a podcast <laughs> today, and I'm I will just not really destroy scared. You. I, I won't destroy you, but I will do my best. I will destroy your body. To be number one. Yeah. Destroy their um, their ownership of that spot. I will. I will destroy their ownership. Yeah. If any of you guys, I don't know, what are the odds that any of those people end up listening to this? I just want you to know that Tony is not scary at all. Really chill guy and not capable of destroying you because he loves life. But I was in the bathroom the other day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I killed a spider. Oh, I thought you were going to say you had a. So I just want you to know that I am capable of killing while murder. in my most vulnerable position. I want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I wrecked that toilet bowl no. with the, <laughs> after that ice cream <laughs> had lactose in it. No, it did not actually. Tony lactose free. Severely lactose intolerant. <laughs> Fun fact of the day: I am I am severely lactose <laughs> tolerant. No dairy, no lactose, no fried foods, no ground beef. No fun. And no processed foods. Don't tell NASA; they won't let me be an astronaut. Yeah, please keep this secret and just get him there. So, <laughs> what do you say we uh, jump back on this train? This train. Let's here. get out of this trap. And go into the Trappist. Trappist one, y'all. Very good, Flo. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to write that down. Thank you so much. Wait. So basically, we've been talking about these habitable worlds that are um, really scary and really unpleasant, but Trappist one kind of sounds like a dream. We cannot talk about habitable worlds without talking about the Trappist one system. So Trappist one is a star about 40 light years away, and it has seven potentially habitable worlds. So like I said, it's not like habitable, like the negative 270 degrees or the methane like on Titan. uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, horrifying on Titan and Enceladus. We mean actually pleasant and we can live there with ease and it's kind of like Earth. So they've measured the mass and volume of these planets to be less dense than rock, which means that it can't possibly all be made of rock. So they're too small to have the gas necessary to offset this lack of density Therefore, scientists predict that water is extremely abundant on most of these worlds. That being said, some of them may have too much water to qualify as actually habitable, but we're continuing to study them, and they are super exciting and excellent candidates to observe to learn more about habitable worlds and systems. So if you want to learn more about habitable worlds and what our best chances are and what we're currently researching, the TRAPPIST-1 system is super relevant and really, really rich. There you have it, Kathan. Kathan, we did it. Just for you. Just for you. Literally, just for you. If you um, have a topic that you want to be covered just like Kathan did, feel free to join us on patreon.com slash messier, and you can do the same thing. You can even get a t-shirt. Ooh. Guys, there was one thing that we said (laughs) in the first round of this episode that I just want to leave you with. 
Because we just spit some mad truth. <laughs> we really did. Like about, flat earth truth or real truth? Like real truth. Like they're both truths. Are they? Oh, I meant truth for flat earthers. Because the truth is truth for anyone. Relativism is a lie. Thank you. You're welcome. And basically with that, I want you guys to know that we do have options outside of earth. But please, freaking take care of earth. Stop using plastic straws. <laughs> That's just one thing that you can do that has a huge impact. And the best way to protect dolphins is to just not drink soda. Really? Well, those little oh, the ringy thingies, things, which are soda's so bad dumb. for you. Plus, I can't drink it anyway. So <laughs> everyone stop drinking it because if I can't have it, no one can. <laughs> um. All right. Since we talked about all these different options for habitable worlds, and some of them. Are extremely bad. Freaking rough and gnarly. I just want to leave you with the words of Pope Benedict. The world, Earth, (laughs) offers you comfort. But you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. You were... What? Is that what he said? (laughs) You were made for greatness, which if greatness cannot be sustained on Earth because we suck at taking care of our planet, you were made for greatness on... Trappist 1A and 1B. Yes. So, guys, join us as we set sail for greatness. Download your Space Nation app. Oh, my gosh, please. I'm going to download it today. Start catching up to us. Tell us what your username is, and we'll freaking race. We will. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next week when we cover women of space and science fiction. Ooh. And we'll have a special little something for our Patreon members um, in relation to that topic. We will. Have a good week, guys. Join us. And girls. And ladies, join us as we set sail for Habitable Worlds. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Thank you, Charles. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Roger, Tranquility. We copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Oh, it's definitely an e-ticket.